Look, we've seen all the memes and charts about the emotions that people feel at different sections of the chart. You know, when the chart is going up, there's that euphoria. Then as soon as it's going down, there's that hope. Gets real low, you have the depression. And then as soon as it bounces back up slightly, there's acceptance of what happens when you return to the meme. And a lot of people just look at these charts and laugh it off like it's never going to happen to them until shit gets real. Then what happens after that? The weak hands get tested. If you think you're always going to make money in the crypto space, you deserve to lose everything. It does not work like that. Sometimes you're going to take losses, but what happens from those losses, you learn. If you haven't taken the time to do any research in order to gain some type of understanding, when the market is down like today, this is the perfect time for you to do so to understand the why or get closer to the why so that in the future, when things like this happen, you have a greater understanding of the forces that are acting upon this market and why things are happening the way they're happening. Follow the smartest people, learn about the tech and learn about the why, and most importantly, find a strategy that works for you. Some people prefer to hold throughout everything. Some people prefer to sell and take profits as time goes by. Find something that works for you. All I ask is that you don't blame everybody for the decisions that you made and that you can learn as much as you can. Audit yourself. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your losses. Adapt and improve. All right, all right, all right. Rants aside, you're listening to Your Daily Ash. I'm your host, Crypto Norm, a.k.a. CN, and you can give us a follow at steamit.com forward slash at broke college grad, youtube.com forward slash Your Daily Hash, and you can give us a follow on facebook.com slash Your Daily Hash. Let's get right into it. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about the crypto news like usual. We have some news from India. We have some news from Pakistan. And we have some news from good old Coinbase about an announcement that they have made. We've also got some funny news from Vitalik and uh, the Tron founder, Justin Sun, on Twitter. And we've got some news about Monero and typical altcoin news with the events that are going on this week. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So, in India, the Reserve Bank of India is barring banks from doing business with crypto firms. This is happening within three months of today, April 7th, according to the Reserve Bank of India. This has renewed fears in India over regulators imposing an outright ban on cryptocurrencies because this is not the first time we've heard Indian officials release similar statements related to cryptocurrencies. Just a couple of weeks ago, officials have already released several public statements saying that the government does not recognize Bitcoin as a form of legal tender in India, but that does not mean Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are banned in India. Note that India's exchanges are challenging central banks' crypto crackdowns. So going into that, PocketBits, which is a crypto exchange in India, has downplayed these statements that have been made by regulators, basically assuring that there's no need for you guys to panic. There's no ban on Bitcoin, just no official government stance yet. This isn't the government releasing their stance. It's the RBI, the Reserve Bank. They argue that the central bank is just taking a stance against the technology that they're going to implement themselves in the form of a digital rupee, which they actually do plan on implementing, or better yet, they formed a working group to explore the option of implementing a digital rupee. We're also seeing startups in the industry prepare a legal challenge to the Bank of India, showing that these companies are not going down without a fight. 
People like the chief operating officer of CoinSecure are saying that industry stakeholders are discussing the issue with groups like the Blockchain and Cryptocurrency Committee of India and the Internet and Mobile Association of India. And also, we could even see this go to the Supreme Court, guys. So this is something that we should watch. We're effectively seeing the RBI go to war with the crypto space in the state of India. Look at the parties who are being affected. Look at who's being hit. Look at the crypto exchanges, look at the companies, and ultimately look at how this affects the end users. Because if something like this were to happen in India, imagine it happening in another country like China or like the United States. So everyone should pay close attention to this and let's see how this turns out. So Coinbase is allowing you to withdraw Bitcoin forks. But there's no timeline for this yet. We don't know when it's going to happen. Coinbase has just made an announcement. I hope they don't pull a Bitcoin cast and just randomly allow people to do it on some arbitrary date. I hope this is planned out and I hope this is announced and I hope we don't have a situation like we did with Bitcoin cash being released on Coinbase. However, you being able to withdraw forks from the Bitcoin network on Coinbase and GDEX does not mean that you are going to be trading with them on a platform. You're just going to be able to take them off the platform and migrate them to their respective wallets off the exchange. However, Coinbase has also stated that you might see more crypto assets on GDEX than the uh, Coinbase app. You're going to see more on GDEX than the Coinbase app, possibly. I don't know why they would aim to do something like that, but I guess they could, I guess it's part of a plan to make GDEX, okay, GDEX and Coinbase more, I guess, uh, different from each other in the aspect of, okay, GDEX just doesn't have what Coinbase has, but GDEX has more than what Coinbase has in terms of the available crypto assets. The basic Coinbase is for the, uh, sorry about that. The basic Coinbase app is typically for people who aren't into trading or people who don't feel like uh, having to do things like limit orders and whatnot on GDAX. It's typically for the average person, the basic Coinbase application. So it kind of does make sense from a user standpoint not to have too many cryptocurrencies on the basic Coinbase app and then have, I guess, more crypto assets on the GDAX one. Because if you kind of think about it, Coinbase is kind of like the Coinbase app is kind of like the basic one. It's like a it's like imagine using like a trial, I guess. And the GDAX one is kind of like using like the professional version of an application where it has all the bells and whistles. Kind of makes sense. Trying to figure out a way they can justify this. Just talking off the top right now. But let's go to Vitalik right now. So why are we talking about Mr. Buterin, the creator of Ethereum, the founder of Ethereum? Well, there seems to be a lot of back and forth or quite a bit of back and forth exchange between him and Justin Sun, who is the founder of Tron. And a lot of it is over the controversy surrounding the Tron project. Many accuse the white paper of plagiarism, the white paper of Tron, because a good portion of the white paper is literally copied and pasted from Filecoin. IPFS and other white papers. Justin Sun, the founder of Tron, does not deny nor claim that the white paper is plagiarized or better yet that they plagiarize, better yet that they plagiarize the white paper. However, Vitalik and Sun have had several exchanges on Twitter that some would categorize as trolling with Sun kind of using it as marketing to take the high road and promote the Tron project. Um, 
a lot of people look at the Tron project as a joke. However, their GitHub repository, I believe it has over 2,000 commits. So Tron is quite the interesting and controversial project. I'm indifferent towards the project, honestly, but nonetheless, it is quite the interesting project to watch. And the controversy is, hey, man, it's pretty interesting to see what's going on. Next, we are going to talk about altcoins. So Monero is the winner today of, I guess, the crypto spotlight in terms of news for altcoins. And why? So Monero has hard forked, resulting in the creation of not one, not two, not three, but four cryptocurrencies in addition to Monero. You have Monero Zero, Monero Original, Monero Classic, Monero Hyphen Classic being the fourth additional one that is created. And Monero has more or less made a habit of hard forking every single month, but that can kind of be, be seen as the reason as to why we are seeing these uh, forks, or better yet, not forks, excuse me, but these four uh, contentious hard forks because of the habit of Monero hard forking every six months. This particular hard fork tweaked the Kryptonite proof of work hashing algorithm that is ran when you are mining Monero and also it increased the ring size, which will allow bigger transactions, multi-sig transactions and ledger hardware support. So you might be able to, well, in the future, you're going to be able to put uh, Monero on your nano, your nano ledger OS which is going to be fantastic because now you can have more and additional cryptocurrencies going to be able to be carried on your hardware wallet, which a lot of people consider to be one of the most, um, one of the best forms of security when it comes to crypto assets. The worst would be keeping it on an exchange, which we know is going to get hacked with exchanges. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when let's be honest, but um, it's important to note that, these hard forks and these tweaks of the kryptonite proof of work algorithm. In this particular case, the tweak was to make it more ASIC resistant because Bitmain announced that they were making what they were releasing ASIC miners for Monero application specific integrated circuits. Think of it as specialized mining hardware that can mine a particular crypto asset or a not a crypto asset, excuse me, but mine a particular crypto uh hashing algorithm really, 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 really well when compared to other forms of hardware. When you compare an ASIC to a GPU, when you compare an ASIC to a CPU, an ASIC will always beat those out in terms of the hashing power that it can generate. So a lot of people don't like this because it can lead to a degree in centralization in the current market or so people claim. So what we're seeing what we're seeing the developers of Monero doing is they do not want their cryptocurrency to be ASIC friendly, I guess. They don't want ASICs to um, create this degree of centralization on their cryptocurrency. So they hard fork. And you would think that everything would be good, but everything is not because there are several implications that led to this split. One of the implications is people are getting sick and tired of Monero hard forking every six months. Some people accuse it of being insane. Uh, some people accuse it of being reckless. Some people accuse it as being compromising to their security. And some people do not like the idea of the developers taking this, I guess, control of the community and just moving the community towards these hard forks. Some people are saying that the developers are just kind of pushing the community towards a hard fork and the community is not will willingly or the community doesn't know any better. So they're just trusting the developers in this particular case. So 
And finally, another reason is some people argue that ASICs being introduced into a cryptocurrency ecosystem is part of a healthy, natural progression. So you have all of these ideologies just clashing. It all comes down to ideologies and what people believe. So you have a really, really, really very contentious hard fork splitting Monero into five cryptocurrencies, four brand new ones, and the Monero that we have today. Next, we are going to talk about the news happening next week for other altcoins. So on April 10th, several representatives from the following projects will be speaking at the Lendit FinTech Conference. It's the world's leading event in financial services innovation, FinTech, digital banking, lending, and blockchain. Over 5,000 people will be attending, including 1,000 investors, 600 banks, and 2,100 companies. Who are the notable speakers? Michael Lewis, who's the author of The Big Short and Liar's Poker, and Tim Draper is another notable speaker there, founder and managing director at DFJ Venture Capital. A couple of the projects there are Swarm, AirSwap, Neo, Exchange Unit, Repio Credit Network, Tezos, Wanchain, Ripple, and Legolas. So make sure you guys give those a look. On April 11th, Vibrant will be listing on, I believe it's pronounced like. It's a 0% Swiss exchange. So if you are interested in Vibrate or, you know, you have some Vibrate, you may want to watch it around that date, see what happens. Um, Power Ledger, Dr. Gemma Green will be speaking at the Inspiring Leaders Summit on the following topic, how do you manage disruption? Also, Sun Contract, which is an open energy market using blockchain technology, will be announcing a partnership with hotels this week. Maybe one hotel, maybe more hotels. We don't know yet, but they plan on announcing something special this week. May want to give that a look. Also, at the European Blockchain Summit, Economy, Sun Contract, InsurePal, and co-founded will be there. Um, assuming they're going to be giving presentations or they're going to be uh, trying to raise money or something like that. May want to give those projects a look to around that date, see what happens, see if, there, see if anything happens. On April 13th, the Detainee Conference is going to be in Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, token as a service, aka Taz, and uh, BNT will be there. I believe BNT is banker. Also, the Stratus co-founder will be presenting at the C Sharp annual conference. Very interesting project. May want to give that a look. That is what is happening on April 13th. Finally, today on April 15th, EOS uh, DAC, which stands for Decentralized Autonomous Community, is going to have an airdrop to EOS token holders that are holding more than 100 EOS. And this will be sent to their compatible ERC-20 token holding wallet by this date. So you need to have more than 100 EOS by April 15th. If you want to partake in the airdrop, make sure those EOS tokens are in a compatible ERC-20 uh, hold token holding wallet. Uh, probably my Ether wallet or my crypto wallet should work. Um, free money, man. Why not? So this is Your Daily Hash. You are listening to Your Daily Hash, and I'm your host, Crypto Norm, a.k.a. CN, and I will see you guys in the next podcast. Be sure to like, comment. Well, you can't do that here, but make, make sure you share this podcast, and if you liked it, give us a round of applause. Please send us a message. Let us know how you feel. If you want to get on, feel free to reach out. 
get on. We can podcast, simulcast, whatever. Just let me know. Um, be sure to follow us on steamit.com slash at sign broke college grad, youtube.com slash your daily hash and facebook.com slash your daily hash. I will see you guys in the next video, well, not video. Sorry about that. I'm so used to YouTube. I'll see you guys in the next podcast.